consciousness, he is absolutely wearing layers. Because it's fucking freezing in here. Yeah, but, but I might not have... No, you're right. I wouldn't just wear jeans and no underwear. I just want to be <laughs> Sorry, I'm sipping my tea, everyone. Sitting over here and checking out the very cold window that we're sitting by. Sitting here for Eddie's ready to go with his, uh, his, his little... Wikipedia. Wikipedia, right? Do you really <laughs> need it for this one, though? Uh... Oh, because I, I I usually take notes if I'm if I'm watching a film, but if I'm in the cinema I don't. So yeah. it helps. He always gives me that look because I, I don't take any notes. I, um, <laughs> I think I'm better than a piece of paper. I can remember. <laughs> What's the guy? Yeah, the name. The guy. He was all about. What are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? There you go. See how I snuck that in? Think I'm not clever. <laughs> need to take some fucking notes. Hi, everybody. Okay, so today's epic episode is about. I'm just trying to set the scene for everybody because I'm not sure how much we can contain ourselves for Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow, like it was just an awesome film. We loved it. Um, it's yeah, not going to be a lot of. Uh... You know, heavy there, criticism. There will be, but then you'll be listening and be like, I thought you liked the film, Jason. And be like, yeah, but I always have to, I have to analyze. I have to look at both sides. So, at any rate, thank you for listening. You are joining us at Love Victoria Productions, the house of Love Victoria Productions. Um, we're pretty much right in the run-up to Christmas now. I think this will be the last episode yep. before Christmas. So, we are two young-ish filmmakers sitting around, getting us ready to do some new stuff, but generally giving you our take on what's cool in pop culture and alternative culture and basically whatever we're watching. So whatever Pretty culture much. that needs to be, that's that's what we're going to tell you about. So if you want to check us out, we are ca- you know podcasting to you from SoundCloud is the main place we are at, but we are on all other uh, podcasting platforms that I can think of, iTunes being probably the easiest way. Um, but you can also get us from Podbean and uh, something FM. What was it? Player FM? Something like that. Sounds right. Sounds about right. So the other ways to get a hold of us are via our webpage, which is www.lovevictoriaproductions.com. Again, that has everything. It's the master document that has everything LVP works on and everything we're working for. So please go check that out. Um, you can also check us out on social media. We have a Facebook page and accounts for Jason Shiro and Edward Burgos. We are on Instagram with Jazzy J. Shiro and Nano LVP. That tends to be, at the moment, that's what I'm busiest on is Instagram all the time. I find, I like the response times. Like, because people, I put up a picture and people are like, I like that. And it's really addictive. So <laughs> yeah. if you want to find me these days, I'm that on Instagram trying, trying to put pictures on the people are going to be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so sometimes I'm let on to Facebook, but Facebook's always, Facebook's like hanging out with my mom these days. Like, it's just, it's cool, but it's like too familiar, you know? So, and then we've got Twitter. I'm at MouthLoveVictoria. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And then I'm next to at Ananoski Prada, a throwback to his old production company that I made him tear to pieces before he joined Love Victoria Productions, but that we kind of brought back because he did some amazing work while he was working there. Um, and finally, TikTok kind of dying site is LVP Film Life. I, I, we don't have enough response to the trailers that I put up there of Ed's D&D stuff, so I haven't really done a whole lot more there. But come summer, I love putting like the weird stuff that happens in the forest on there. So <laughs> come check out you know, Country Life in the summertime, and I'll have all the bizarre things that happen in the forest behind my house that are just too funny to talk about. But anyway, so we're going to start right away with first impressions. Then we'll tell you a little bit about what LVP is working on these days. Then we'll go into uh, a little bit about what we've been watching this week. And finally, back to No Way Home for the full piece de resistance discussion on why it was so effing amazing. But, Ed, I always go to you first. Mm. And this time is no different. 
first impressions. Who is this film for? Who is it not for? Oh, God. Everyone should watch this. Um, I mean, why, it, why should everyone watch this? Um, because it's, it, it rounds off maybe the best trilogy that the MCU has. Okay. I know that that's a little bit uh, not thought through and probably heavy. Um, but, I mean, to, to date, in terms of just how good all three films are, and this one is like the climax of that, I think it also does uh, so much for bringing fans together, which is kind of rare in, in, in the world these days. It It... It makes it so that, you know, if you're a fan of other Spider-Man films and stuff like that, it, they're saying it's okay. Like, there's there's room for all of us. Um, it's relentless. It's, it's two hours and 30 minutes, I think. And it doesn't necessarily feel quite that long. Uh, which is always, like, high praise, in my opinion. Mm. Um, when my butt doesn't hurt after a two and a half hour film. Um, and uh, that could be interpreted so many ways, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, what kind of films have you been watching? I know, right? Someone comes in at that point in the podcast. <sighs> Welcome, guys, to what are you guys talking about? We're, Your talking, about, we're talking about Ed Sorbonne yes, after two and a half hour right. film. <laughs> um, not with me, by the way. No, <laughs> you wish. Uh, <laughs> uh, but honestly, it's it's just a great combination of an amazing trilogy of films. Um, I think Tom Holland. I love. I love Tom Holland. He's I the he's, he's, he's the crying Spider-Man. Yeah, he's but he's he's, he's, he's also feel... such a great dude. It seems like he's just a good actor. You know, yeah. I, I, this is the kind of thing. Like this is where my lawyer radar starts going the other way because I'm like, actually, sometimes he's just like too nice of a guy. Like, <laughs> wait yeah. a second, is he like what killing he baby puppies and yeah. burying them under his house yeah, or something? I just like, watched um, Hot Ones, the, the, the show where they eat chicken wings and answer questions. Oh, okay. And he was on a, fantastic. He's hilarious. You know, I mean, Zendaya and him were told not to start dating and I would love that if my producer walked in and said, you guys, you really shouldn't date. He's like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> Especially if you were like dating Zendaya, you'd be like, yeah, Fuck off. And and I think, yeah, that's another good point. I think that um, this is, for me, the best she's been um, in, in, you know, in anything I've seen, I think. Um, You know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, it's not that I'm off her. Okay. I just want her to get more of a showcase. Right. Because she's playing all these secondary yeah wifey characters and she has such spirit and I, so right i think i think i think that was my qualm with this one mm. on spider-man and and and, and this is past first impressions guys mm. so we'll talk about this later but i had the same problems with doom that i just didn't see enough of her that's that that's a fair comment i think but for I, someone as famous as she is and as, and as good as an actress right she, she does have talent so. but i guess that that's kind of my that was always my qualm about her is that her level of fame didn't quite match up to like the stuff that she was doing no, and, and it, stuff it like that. It almost like to get into a tangent about this, this is why I think Natalie Portman had to turn around to them and say, actually, you need to do one of these about me, you mm. know? And, and I, and at first I was like, Oh, that's a bit, <laughs> you know, like that's a bit, whatever. But then I thought about it. I was like, no, that's right though, because you don't always want to be playing. It's just the way psychology, no, psychology works yeah, yeah. in a film. You don't always want to be, the second, because then when, you know, this is how this is all done in Hollywood, you mm. know what I mean? And so that's all I'm saying. Like, like in Dune, she's going to play, you know, Chani, which is an awesome role, but is also secondary to Paul Atreides. Mm. And here she's playing, you know, Michelle, what was it? 
Michelle Jones Watson. I mean, that threw me for a loop, right? <laughs> Michelle Jones Watson. I was like, what about Mary Jane? <laughs> so, at any rate, um, yeah, for, so who's this film not for? Um, I can be that guy. I cool. can. I can do it because I did it to Ed before and he was surprised. But listen, it's long and bloated. Mm. Like, it is bloated. So, if you were like, I, what I'm trying to think, it's not as bad as the second Pirates of the Caribbean, or there were a couple really bad ones. Mm. Um, it's not as confusing as, like, Age of Ultron kind of bloated, where you just weren't sure what was important and what wasn't. Mm. Like, this is a clear story that goes on, but it is 80s style trilogy where they're throwing everything yeah. they can into this because we're not going to come back to this again. You know what I mean? And mm. that, that was okay because like, and, and that doesn't ruin the ending for anybody listening. Like, mm. you know, it has a, a really surprising kind of ending, but mm. this was all, all the cards on the table one. We want to, we want to kind of yeah. set it all out. And, and I guess I was just so in the bag. It but. was, it was well, and then you compare it to, you know, a lot of the trilogies lately haven't succeeded on the third one. So you mm. think of, you know, the last big one we had that I can think of was Dark Knight Rises Mm, and people just oh, didn't gel with it because awful. it tried to... I don't think it was awful. I, I know you I, hated I, it. I, I walked out. Like I've, I, I've not walked out of a lot of films. I didn't think life. it was terrible. I just think it condensed the story a bit too much. It was, mm-hmm. it was bloated because it was trying to tell... Like, the story that it was telling about the breaking of Batman's back by Bane, that takes up 60 comics. Mm. Like, like 60 issues, guys. Like, mm. you can't condense that into a three-hour movie. That never mm. works. And then he added Catwoman and other things, and mm. it was like, oh, too much, too much. Mm. You know what I mean? This one has an awful freaking lot in it, but <laughs> it, it just kind of works. Yeah, I, there it, was, it, yeah. I was at a couple minutes where I was checking my watch. Because I did notice it was long. I did go to the eight thirty screening though, so it was like mm. I did. I mean, like, I got out at like eleven. Yeah, you know, eleven thirty. It was really late. Mm. Um, but everybody really should go watch this. I saw this in IMAX, so again, this is definitely, mm. definitely where Dune was the last one. I would say you have to see in IMAX. This is another one. I didn't quite care about Ghostbusters in mm. IMAX. It just mm. didn't do anything for me. But yeah, this yeah. one, obviously, because he goes from one end of the screen to the other, mm. and it's just. Even like some of the best scenes were like, cause you know, I'm the hopeless romantic, right? Mm. Like it, it, the like, like some of the scenes with like, uh, where they're matching up Zendaya and Tom Holland, the, you mm. know, Mary Jane and, or I'm sorry, Michelle and mm. MJ and, and, and Spider-Man on IMAX. It's like just terribly romantic sometimes. <laughs> like you're like, Oh, I don't know why that, that, that close is working, but it is, mm. you know? So yeah, go see it. Go see it in the IMAX. Give, give Marvel your money. You know, mm. don't, don't try to pretend like you don't want to see this film. Don't be a really scar. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, it totally, like, reignited my, my Marvel fan crush as well. I don't... Like, you know, Shang-Chi was, was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. You know, Black Widow was awesome. But this kind of just kind of got me excited for the Phase 4 stuff. I think so. I think that's what it's supposed to do. It's it's the one that kind of brings you back where the Eternals was wobbling a bit. I really enjoyed it, but other people didn't as much. Where mm. all the TV stuff has been... Not really hit or miss, but just obviously not another movie. Mm. A classic, like, because we don't have the Avengers anymore, but a classic, like, hero movie really could only be done by Spider-Man. He's mm. the last one left of that group. Maybe Ant-Man could be another one that could do it, but this was the one that was going to bring them all in. And, yeah, um, yeah it does. I, I hope, mean, you know. He's, he's, he's a big, he's like a big character. Yeah, I mean, the next one that could do, maybe not this well. Spider-Man is the biggest, but mm. the next one that could do this well maybe would be Love and Thunder. Yeah, um, Thor. Yeah, yeah. And I do, you know, it did look like, um, you know, multiverse of madness was going to be cool. Mm, so that that, yeah. that was definitely. A, we'll I mean, I've been about excited that. about that since one vision. To be honest. Yeah, I think I think the connection between the two is going to be pretty good. So yeah, talking a little about that. So go out and see it. Um, going back quickly to what are we doing in LVP Studios these days, Ed? What well, you're feverishly uh, 
beavering away on the script for the gaming store. He's right. kind of taken it in a new and interesting direction. I'm excited to, to yeah, see. Yeah, I just, I just gave the pitch to Ed and he didn't scream or try to throttle me. So <laughs> that's usually a sign that I'm okay to keep going. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we're finalizing some dates on um, some uh, musical educational stuff. Yeah, yeah. Keeping, keeping, the, keeping the tires open. We're also... That um one of the shows that I was working on, so that that Cincinnati White Boy one that I'm working on, I might kick that out to a feature because I was working okay. on it and like, eh. it's basically it's not autobiographical. I don't want to say that because then I'll be like in trouble with all the people I've put in this story. This has no relation to anything in my life, but it is about someone's life and it's very interesting. So yeah, working on that right now as well. And I, I told you my, my last thing's a vampire werewolf thing in a mm. small village in England. So I like that. I like. I, like I really think it'll work. I think I think it could 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 pan out, but. The real focus is to get the game one done first because then I want to try to use the same cast, crew, whatever to make these other two as well. Mm. Um, that's on top of the fact that I've got a couple art designers I want to talk to about doing some animation work as well. So we've got a couple things kind of on the burner. We're still working on that feature, folks. I don't think we forgot about the feature. It's just, as I said, with it being kicked to next year, I need something to keep Eddie and I busy in the meantime. Um, the only other thing I'll put out there for any of you listening, we are recruiting. So if you need or want or absolutely love the stuff that we do and you want to get involved, then, then reach out. Like I right now, I could definitely give some jobs off to some people um, and I will be recruiting production assistants and then, uh, you know, a larger crew to get all this stuff done very shortly. So if you're interested, throw your hat in the ring and let me know and um, we will get moving with all this. But big focus will be the game store thing. That's going to be something I think you guys are really going to be interested in. The, the biggest qualm or question I have with that now is how it's going to be distributed, whether we're going to do a grassroots campaign kind of our own kind of deal or, or seek out bigger distribution from one of the one of the streaming services and something like that. So I'll keep you guys posted with how those discussions go. I've got to kind of talk to a couple of my friends on that and see what they think. Um, but yeah, that's everything happening at LVP at the moment. It's going to be a busy kind of winter period, but more on the pre-production side, I think, than, than, than shooting just yet. Mm. Um, just pre-producing so we can get to the shooting point because I'm so tired of not being able to shoot anything. So with that in mind, what were you watching this week, Eddie? Well, um, so in order to get ready for Spider-Man No Way Home, I actually went back and saw um, Far From Home. Okay. Uh, but I think we should probably talk about that when we're talking about the, the, the film, because mm. I think it, they're, they're connected. Yeah. You but um, I, uh, I kind of uh, got into a marvel kind of mood. Okay. And uh, I started watching Hawkeye. And uh, I've I'm I'm on the finale now, which uh, was released today. Oh wow! Did the finale come out today? Today, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I am. Um, I've been watching that off and on with Catherine, and uh -huh. it was it was funny. The last one we watched was um, probably the second to last one, maybe the third to last one. I don't know, mm -hmm. but um, I hadn't twigged when Yelena came in, mm. and she's one of my favorite MCU yes. characters, only because. I don't know why I like Elizabeth Pugh with a Russian accent. But oh, I just, she's so good, I right? just do. I just think it works. I don't know why it works. She's so is it Elizabeth or Francis? I thought it was Elizabeth Pugh. Is it Francis Pugh? No, I, maybe like I know oh, someone called Francis Pugh. I know. No, that's going to be the other way around for me. Oh. I might know an Elizabeth Pugh and she's really Francis. I've been calling her Elizabeth Pugh for the longest time. No, I even told my daughter. It was, it's really sorry. If it's Francis, I'll correct my daughter. So, okay. she, so she worships the right person. But yeah, I just it's a great character and, and, and kinda came in and, and you know, there's been the twist, you know, when you find out the mother's involved and all that. So Florence I, Pugh. Florence we Pugh. We were both wrong. Wow. Wow. What did you say? I said uh Francis. 
And I said Elizabeth. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> just because you're so regal, Florence. You just... You, uh, you, she's you, amazing, though. You and, and you're queen right. to me. You're right. Her Russian accent is killer. Killer and terrible at the same time. Like, it's it's killer and terrible. But I was trying to describe this to another friend that, like, I don't understand why I can stand it with her, but when it was, mm. like, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because it's humorous. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's very funny. So. Uh, but, uh, and not... not I don't know, could be wrong. If we have any Russian listeners, please uh, let us know. But not offensive, I don't think. Do you know what I mean? Right. Russian accents, are they offensive or not offensive? I don't, I don't know. Like a bad Russian, do you know what I mean? Like a bad Indian accent is very, like, you know. Is that offensive not, to you? It, it, I mean, I would feel very uncomfortable if someone, like, just dropped a, you but know, you're not Apu. Indian. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I love it because you're like giving this little like, but that's better than like the Russian accents. Better, like, no, they're the same thing. So if you hate one, why do you? True. I, I guess I don't think it's bad. Okay, all right. So Russian accents are okay, but we can't do it. No, no, no. I think Florence's Russian accent is good. Okay, all right. It's just an accent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I, I think it's it's always the big question of whether or not to put them in or not. But I, you know, people do them. I think the funniest ones are, are are the ones where people who speak perfectly good English are made to speak with Latina accents and stuff like that. That that always gets under my gut. But yeah. otherwise, like eh, you know, it's part of it's definitely in, in MCU. I guess maybe where you can buy into it is how it's used, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I understand what you mean with a bad accent, but if it's part of the shtick or it's mm. part of what's going on, then maybe it's okay. Mm. I I don't know. As I said, I, I don't make the rules. I just break them. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I, I've really enjoyed it. Really, really liked it. Uh, not, I wouldn't say it's like the best MCU um, Disney Disney Plus show, um, but very enjoyable. It's nice to see um, Hawkeye get to do something. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I was, I was always very, very intrigued by that whole. You know, when you when you meet him in Infinity War. Where Natasha's like coming to to get him um, after murdering all the people in Japan. Um, like I was always like, oh, that it'd be really interesting to know more about that kind of time period. Um, so yeah, it's cool that that they're kind of bringing back and that he's also a little bit like kind of Murtog in uh, in in Lethal Weapon. He's yeah, a bit, I'm I, getting too this, over this, this shit. This kind is of my thing. this is my only thing, right? Because like. Uh... Black Widow got the the movie and the send-off and Scarlett Johansson the hell out of that. Like, mm. she gets the badass kind of send-off. He was the other character in the Avengers that didn't really have that much going. Mm. That you could explain. Like, the yeah. Hulk's the other one, but the Hulk, it was, that was licensing that screwed right. all of that up. And that kind of helped them, I think, a little uh, bit. To a degree. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, Mark Ruffalo is just one of those actors that came out of nowhere to me and was like, well, he works perfectly for that mm. role. So... But for, for, for Jeremy Renner, like, his appearances are short in the films. Mm. They come more to prominence as a filter for Scarlet Widow. Or, sorry, I always say that. The Black Widow mm-hmm. come towards the yeah, Scarlet Johansson's character towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just... The only thing was that he got slapped into this kind of Christmas kish now. And I was mm. like, oh, like... When they, when they unveiled this, and mm. this is what happens over time, when they unveiled this... It was going to be more of like a backstory. It was going to be more of a like, more on the harder points. Like, mm. what is, you know, his real thing with Natasha? Mm. Like, what's up with that? Mm. And like, how bad was it for him that mm. she dies and he lives on mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I think 
they're letting you see all that, but it's glib now because it's being made into this kind of like mm. Christmassy adventure. You know what I mean? I'm just offering a counterpoint. It's mm. not that I think it's terrible. I watch mm. it with my daughter all the time and think it's think it's fun. It's mm. just where WandaVision gave you a glib thing that was also really dark. Yeah. Somehow they managed to do that. This one lost the veneer. This is why he looks like Murtaugh because mm. he looks like he's kind of checked out of the Avengers mm. now and that all this stuff is like a, a life he's left behind. Mm. And so I was just, you know, I just intrigued by that saying like, maybe that's the choice that needs to be made. Maybe Jeremy Renner has said that and said, mm. I want to move on. Mm. You know, I need to get away from all this. Or maybe it was just because they couldn't release anything else because of COVID and all that and mm. left you know, a production schedule that says, well, this is coming out on Christmas, so you've got to do the Christmas one. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad by any means. It's just, A, the addition of, um, you know, the little sprite to his to his Highly wife. Stenfield. Um, who What's the character's name in that? Uh, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, that's it. So the addition of Kate Bishop, like, just kind of murky, you know, made the whole thing murky to mm. me. And it was like, oh, mm. like, this is additional elements. Maybe she'll play a bigger part later on, but... It almost seemed to kind she's, of steal some of the show. She is supposed to be um, like the 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 next Hawkeye, I think. I think they're setting up like the next generation of Avengers and stuff like that. That's right, and that's probably why I don't like it because mm. every time you try to do this in TV, it's like don't don't state the obvious. Okay, mm. Saved by the Bell, the next years sucked, <laughs> right? Why? Because we don't want to see it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the last season where they started bringing in all the new Buffy recruits. Mm. It's like nobody, you can't take heroes and make them parents it's not the mm. same concept you can't take heroes mm. and make them teachers it's not the same concept mm. and so do you know what i mean it was, you know we can talk about this in context of spider-man mm. as to why i think that kind of worked because it's the same person replicated in three different ways mm. but i just don't you know, i don't know man like tony being like the the father figure to Peter and stuff like that in the in the other films i think that worked quite well i i think it was all right but it I don't know. I, I don't... But there was no Iron Man, I'm handing over my Iron Man suit to you. There's a difference in that. That's what I'm... That's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. You can't I mean, just literally say, he I'm Jeremy it. Renner and now I'm, you know... Yeah, and he, yes, I know he did hand he over did the Iron Man literally suit. literally yeah, not spider Iron Man suit to him. <laughs> this is where the nerds get into arguments. It's just not the same to me. You know what I mean? Fair but enough. Splitting hair is probably... Mm. I just don't... As I said, it, it took something that I thought would be portrayed possibly more seriously more mm. like winter soldier style yeah, yeah, yeah and it yeah. has made it really cliche you know kitchen glib, glib. and yeah, yeah. I, and i, I just I there is the, you know it's it's the one thing that like you have to be careful for because that's how these things jump the shark is mm. if we lose you know any sort of reality with this mm. then all of a sudden it starts becoming too hokey mm. and that can happen in multiverse stuff all the time yeah. so i'm just nervous i don't mm. want it to get too jokey or whatever yeah. and for me, it works because um, I like his whole family thing and trying to get home for Christmas. That kind of works for me. And I also think that not everything has to be like super dark and super yeah. serious. I, I think there's there's room for for a bit of everything. Um, but I totally see what you're saying. No, no, that's what I mean. I, I don't, it's not like I don't like the show. I just feel bad for Hawkeye, if that mm. makes sense. I feel like he hasn't had his story told the proper MCU way. Everybody else gets the really serious moment to be like, and this is what made me into who I am. And, mm-hmm. and Jerry Runner is really never going to get that point because mm. you're not going to be able to present it in any sort of fashion. Uh, on this one. I don't know. They did it in Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier, not the Winter Soldier, but the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. There were mm. some dark moments with that, but that was, a, that's still, again, that was still a, a, 
a, a darker show that, than, that than what this is. Darkness in it. Yeah, and I mean, I remember watching that with my kid and being like, "Oops!" <laughs> yeah. Like that was one Becky wasn't happy about. Yeah. Like, what did they just do? Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um. Okay. Also, swagger. I, I swagger. Was, I caught. I yeah, it looked like you were finishing up the first episode when first I came episode. in. First episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it looks looks great. Oh, it's amazing. Looks uh like a lot of fun. Um, I like uh, Ice Cube's son. Um, who plays the coach? Okay, see, he yeah. would know things like this. Like I, I, I had no idea. So, <laughs> well, he played Ice Cube in the NWO movie. <laughs> that I did know, but I yeah, didn't know yeah. that was Ice Cube's son that did both. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah. And you know, Kevin Durant producing. Um, so, like, my 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 worry with these things often is like, how are they filming the basketball? Because there's been a lot of stuff where you know the sport itself isn't filmed in a very. It doesn't quite capture it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it looks really good. Quality. Quality show. Good. Yeah, I mean, it, Swagger is one of those basketball dramas with a capital D drama. Like, it's one of those things you can watch, I think, even if you don't like basketball or even if this premise doesn't. It's an interesting show. Um, again, it's coming from Apple TV, so that's probably why. It's not quite as adult as the morning show, but it has the same kind of watch this factor to it that it's mm. like you don't really have to like morning TV or any of the stuff that the morning show is about mm. other than the discussion about, you know, what goes on in the morning show. And right. so that's what I mean. Watch it for the drama, not because you're a huge basketball fan. If you are a huge basketball fan, then you should be watching it point blank anyway. <laughs> um, the setting is also really cool. If you were a fan of a wire of the wire, mm. this is in a similar area, mm. um, right around the corner. It's the DMV area. So that's D- Delaware. Uh, sorry. Um, D- DC, uh, Maryland and Virginia. And it just, it's the kind of thing that it gives you a really good, the, the accuracy of it as well is another thing that I really liked because I had family in those areas and it's, it's, it does pick up things that you wouldn't normally think of, things that are unique to America, unique to the kind of that sport, and unique to the, the experience that, that, that young black males have mm. kind of going through this. So, you know, it's it's not quite as mind-blowing as Hoop Dreams was. That's always mm. the original documentary that if you haven't seen that before mm. and you want to know about what this is like, mm. that is the that is the original one. It's And it is a documentary. It's real. Mm. And so these they pick two kids and show you just how difficult... Um, their lives can be as they're kind of moving up the ranks in basketball to get out of usually um, the conditions that they're living in. Mm. This one has a much bigger story to it, but is lighter on kind of that aspect and is mm. is kind of taking you to the point where things are already there. But yeah, definitely worth a watch. I think it's got ten episodes total because I've got the last one to watch and that that's it. Lots of good twists and plots as well. Nice. Um, only thing I would say to that one because I made you know I had made the mistake, but. I could have made the mistake. It's not really for kids. Mm. Not even really for, I would put like a 12A on it, mm. pat, but put it past Marvel. Like it's not, mm. it's not designed really for a child to watch and understand, mm. even though you're talking about an eighth grader, you right. know, so a kid that's 14. Mm. But I would say that's where I would start would be with teenagers that would kind of get where this is coming from. Um, so just be careful with that if you have kids and, and think about watching it. But, you you know, do what you want to do. I, just, I hate when people tell me what my kids can watch or my kid can watch. So, all right, man. Moving on to what did I watch this week? Or did you have more that you watched this week? Um, oh, do you know what I did watch? What did you watch? I watched Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> he says it was such a cheeky grin, too. It's okay. I, I, I'm not the biggest, you know... 
I don't have the wizard. Rizzle the rat. Exactly. And who's who's? It's it's Michael. Michael Kane. Yeah, exactly. Like, Playing like just the look darkest at, Ebony Scrooge. Oh, but, but just look like at the ever. face that he made. People in England love Michael Kane. Like yeah. he's an institution here. He I love it. I absolutely love it. You know what I mean? But no, I, I haven't watched it. I would watch a Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol. That's my oh, favorite okay. one. The cartoon one. Oh, back the, the, the songs the in the Muppets one. Uh, they're, they're pretty good though, man. They're pretty good songs. Yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah, songs. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get that on with the kids. So. You should totally. You know, get me in the Christmas spirit. So that was that was a bring your Christmas spirits up, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, uh, last night. I was like just flicking through um, Disney Plus, and I was about to start like Hawkeye, but I was like, I don't know how Christmassy I'm feeling. So I kind of had to up the Christmas, you know, Christmasometer <laughs> by watching. Uh, a Muppet's Christmas Carol. This is the problem. This is the problem I'm having this year. For some reason this year, it almost feels like pieces of flair. Yeah. No, no, it just feels like pieces of flair to me. It's like, you're only wearing five pieces of flair. You're not Christmas me enough. Like, you know what? You want to see my pieces of flair? Here's my piece of flair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to get in the Christmas mood. I, I just, I'll be honest. It feels very I think, honestly, that's also what helped me with Hawkeye. Was just that I was feeling a little bit more Christmassy. Yeah, you know? it kind of drags you along a bit more. Yeah, because yeah. if I if I if I hadn't have watched that, then I might have been a bit more like, yeah, this is you know. No, it, it, my kid helps me with the whole Christmas okay. thing right now. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just kids love Christmas no matter when it is. It's just oh, it's a pretty rough Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> COVID going around the way it is. So okay, um, what did I watch this week? I did watch lots. I, okay, so I finished Watchmen last week and mm-hmm. then immediately started afterwards. And I don't know why, other than like I was for sure I would be right about it. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Lovecraft Country again. Ooh, cool. Exactly, because it's so good. Yeah. It's just so... Yeah. And I, what I mean, like Watchmen and Lovecraft Country guys are just so much better than anything out mm-hmm. there. Like I'm talking like miles ahead. Mm-hmm. And so that's just for me. Like maybe you don't feel that way and I'm totally up for other people having other opinions, but... The quality and craftsmanship of both of those shows is ridiculous. Like, mm. just, you know, and I guess maybe I'm trying to make TV shows now, so I'm like, that's what I want to do. Mm. <laughs> you know, I want it to look like that. Now, mm. I don't have HBO's money, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> and J.J. Abrams isn't calling me. So, but, man, again, the other thing about Lovecraft Country that I love is that, uh, you know, no pun intended, it's weird. Like, it doesn't follow any sort of prescriptive pattern for what you would think about for a show. Mm. And especially if you've been watching a lot of really ordinary shows mm. that are good and you're yeah. talking about on the on your program and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. This one just hits it out of left mm. field. It starts with that weird two-parter and then mm. there's this episodic, yeah. like, horror stories thing. Yeah. It was so weird, but it all connects to one mm. another. So... I like I'm midway through it. Midway through, so you haven't got to no, not the, Apo- the the best ones. Yeah. Like the 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 you know the the fir- Apollonia is that the starts with starts with the one that goes to Daegu, mm. you know, which oh, which was just yeah. insane, right? That we yeah. we both lived there and it was like Daegu, and then I've it got goes, like three friends in that episode as well, right? Yeah, yeah. do you really? Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. So do you know what I mean? Can 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 we get a hold of Jamie Chung? Is that one of your friends? No, I wish. We all wish. <laughs> Jamie, call us, yeah. please. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the one. It's yeah. You get towards the end episodes. The one those with are the, the ones. mom and oh, all of them. All the like the last episode. four. It's the last one that, that kind of. It's I have to remember because you get to the end and then the last one isn't as good as like yeah, the it, four it that came before. Quite, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's this, this creening. Mm. I'm at the one where she's gonna like she woke up the white woman. Like I forgot how oh, much I love that yeah. one. Yeah, it's just good. Like it's just and it's horror, so yeah. it's really visceral. And yeah. the thing I always love about horror is you can always take the gloves off of your writing. Like mm. you can just say things. Like mm. you can just do things that you can't do in a comedy you can't do in a drama so 
So I'm loving that. Just absolutely loving that. Um, I'm trying to think if I watched any other movies. I watched any Apocalypse with Becky. Mm-hmm. She wasn't really keen, to be really? honest. Really? Like, I think she was tired. But, oh, okay. but I thought she'd be up and dancing and going around, and it was like, mm. it was the second time I was watching it, so I was like, I wasn't as keen. Mm. The second time, I was trying to be keen and being like, eh, well, I've heard all these songs before. <laughs> so what else have I watched this week? It has to be more than Lovecraft Country. That I watched tons of shit. Key and Peele, I finished. No, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sad. So it was it was sad, but then in the same sense it was so brilliant. Like what a way to cap the show, right? With the same joke that you started the show with. Geniuses. But we have um we have found my favorite episode, my favorite skit, oh. because it does reflect the way my brain works, at least when I'm in one of my manic fits. Mm. Um Intercontinental Breakfast. Oh. <laughs> Becky watched that and was like, that is you. That is so you when you're excited. Oh, my God. Belgian buns. Oh, oh, French bread. So I've I've just started a new job, and I was trying to describe it to my wife. And she's like, what do you like right now? I'm like... I'm like the intercontinental breakfast guy. I'm like, oh my god! And they have they have new things for me to learn about the company, and I can do this, and I can do everything, and it's so wonderful. Oh my god! What a bastion of civilization this is. That's what I'm like when I'm excited about something. That's why people like to produce with me because if I like your shit, that's what it'll sound like. I'll be like, it's the best thing anyone's ever seen. Fruity. <laughs> it's just I put it on and was like I don't know why I find this so funny and I put it on to Becky and she turns to me and she's like cause that's you and I'm like what and she's like that's you when you're excited about something you just you'll find the good out of anything so I was, I was happy about that I'm like okay I'll be an intercontinental breakfast guy that's cool he's, he's a happy lucky guy so yeah so I watched the rest of that mm-hmm. have you cracked on Arcane no 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 no, no. You need to, man. I'm I will. Playing. I will at some point. January, man. January's the big cracker. That's when I crack on a lot of stuff because, man, it gets cold. Can't go outside. Yeah. Stay cozy and, you Netflix know. and chill. Yes. You know? Like, indeed. So, yeah. No, it, it'll definitely get watched in the next six months. It's just when that comes up. You know, Lovecraft Country took me by storm, man. I thought mm. I'd watch like an episode because I'm inspired. Now I'm like, I gotta watch the whole thing. It's mm. so good. It's Fair so enough. Good. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd feel the same way if I rewatched it. So, yeah, and I guess film-wise, oh, that was the other thing I was going to talk about, is I went to see Last Night in Soho. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we yeah. were going to, yeah. funny, funny, like, so the, the winner of the contest was um, Scott Leach in the end. Um, he, uh, he he did find out what was, um, Eddie, what is your favorite? Uh, uh, Edgar Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. So mm-hmm. Scott did know that, and so he got the ticket, and we went and saw. It was, guys, these are the type of things that, and it's funny, I'm only telling you this because I got, I took the train home, obviously, with, with Scott, and he asked me all these questions that, I thought were valid questions. The first thing Scott says, like, do these happen all the time? The mm. answer is yes. Mm. Like, it's London, guys. Yeah. Like, literally, like, get on mailing lists. Thing. I found out about this because I love Edgar Wright. If you love Edgar Wright, go on his Instagram because he posts the coolest stuff mm. every day. Mm. Every day. And I don't know if it's him and Naira Park that sit there and figure out the cool stuff to put on there. But he's whoever does his social media is doing a bang up job because it's just fan art. It's cool stuff all day long. And then one day he posted and said, oh, I'm having this Q&A at the Soho Curzon for the last night in Soho, last night in Soho, and I said, that is going to be the bomb diggity. Mm-hmm. So I got two tickets right off the bat for it. But it was that easy. I, you know, I didn't have to go stand in line anywhere. I just went on the Curzon website and booked them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sold out the first one, and then they opened a second one. So that was after I'd given up on, what, two weeks ago, tickets for Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. which I'm kicking myself about now. But at the time, yeah. I wasn't as you know we in love with him. Yeah, we hadn't done the... And it was on a Monday. And it was like, yeah. I'm not going in the city on a Monday. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I never go in the city on a Monday. And so this is what I mean, guys. Like, just look. 
I'm telling you to sit with Edgar Wright and listen to him talk about Soho, which he does love. Like once you see him talk about it and see him explain where he used to live and all the different things he used to see, you just saw how much he loves Soho and why he loves it. So mm. it's just that extra element made everything for that movie. And the second viewing was even better than the first. You know, the first time we watched it, we were both kind of on the fence a little mm -hmm. bit. Definitely didn't think it was his best film. The mm. second time I watched, the rewatchability of it is really good. Mm. Like, you, there's definitely, and he talked about that on the Q&A saying, you know, this is designed so you watch it like eight times mm. and you'll pick up little things. And you said that about Shaun of the Dead, mm. kind of saying that this is how he designs his films. Mm. But he has such love for his cast and crew as well. Like, he brought his crew up there and was letting them do a lot of the talking, his VFX guy, mm. you know, talking about it. When they talked about that's the part I wish you could have been there for, Ed. He was talking about, so... To get those shots that you see with the mirror, mm -hmm. there was an actor on either side of that. Those mm. aren't mirrors. And they literally lined up those shots. Wow. Yeah, right? Mm. Right? So they were talking about how they did that. And then they had, you know, it wasn't like Edgar was insistent, apparently, that it had to be there. He wanted mm. it to be as real as possible. Right, right, right. So he wanted it to, and they had to mimic and choreograph the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just so cool. It was mm. so cool. So that was a great night. And I encourage all of you to look for stuff like that. You know what I mean? We, um... You know, we go out to that kind of stuff all the time, so you can always hit us up and say, is there anything going on? But London is a bastion um, for really cool stuff like that because the filmmakers live here. So just please, by all means, if that's something that interests you, go look into it. But yeah, that was that was the highlight of the week movie-wise. And obviously, I went to Spider-Man yesterday. So. Spider-Man. So let's go on to Spider-Man. 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 Yes, let's. Because, oh my God, was this film good. Why, Let's 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 highlight like the things that were awesome. And, okay, and maybe are we, we in spoiler territory? Uh, yes, we we okay. finished all the other stuff. Yeah. Now you can you can uh, you're as free as a bird. Like, honestly, seeing Andrew Garfield again and Tobey Maguire in the costumes, it kind of got me a little bit. Yeah, because like, I was such a diehard Tobey Maguire Spider Man film fan. I did I did did love the joke about the youth pastor. Like he <laughs> definitely looked like that. Uh, even the third one, which I know a lot of people ridicule, um, but but and then when Andrew Garfield took over, I was like, oh my god, this is even better. This is amazing. Like I thought it was a really good step up. Sure. Um, so seeing them kind of and so seamlessly slip into those characters again, like I got emotional in all the kind of moments where you know they they were paying off bits. Like, for example, um, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell you because you haven't seen the, the Amazing Spider-Man, the second Andrew Garfield one, have you? Well, yeah, I mean, he did reveal that Gwen dies, so yeah. you know, I haven't seen any of them, but he, yeah. that's already been kind of spoiled, it, so don't worry. It's very visceral, though. Like, very visceral. Is that visceral. In the first one or the second one? It's the second one. Because I heard the second one wasn't that good. The second one... It, it suffers from the problem that a lot of like early superhero movies did, which was they start piling on the villains and um, like it, it just dilutes the whole thing. There's no okay. real kind of thing to latch onto. Right, right. Um, because Jamie Foxx uh, was wasted in, in the Amazing Spider-Man version. And again, it was so great seeing these villains as well. Like... Oh, uh, Dr. Octopus, Alfred Molina, I love him to bits. Yeah, I mean, he, he was always, I mean, Doc Ock was really strong. Yeah. 
and the second Spider-Man, he also has come back in the video game. That's one of the stronger characters. So, because yeah. I was wondering if they were going to, you know, that's the feast stuff and things like that. That comes, first time I ever heard that was when I played the video game. Because, you know, this is part of how it happens. What Ed's hitting at is, so normally Kevin Feige, right, is the producer extraordinaire. And he is a guy, the reason he's so good, everybody, is because he understands how to connect his stories in a way that other people don't. Big, and that's big, the big picture guy. Yeah, yeah. He he has the big picture, and I think that's it. And so it's like where other people have said, oh, it's too big, you can't possibly yeah. put this all together. He doesn't do it. It's it's a weird kind of macro management because he doesn't micromanage his directors. They're really yeah. big on describing that they're allowed to go and make their own films. Mm. But he has connected the MCU and knows the direction that it needs to follow. Mm. So, And he's big about that. And any one of the directors that have made films for him, you can ask. Russo Brothers are probably the best to mm. do that because they were you know, part of the core element. But he has all the keys and has all the secrets. And they have to go to him. I got the key to the... Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, so moving on to Sony, because that's mm. all Disney now. Obviously, Disney owns Marvel and Kevin works for Disney. Sony has their own Kevin Feige. And I hate to say it that way because she's been around longer and is actually probably slightly, if not a lot more, talented than he is. And Mm. I'm not saying that to piss off anybody. I'm just saying she has managed to keep that franchise alive at Sony through various iterations. Mm. And she runs the Spider-Man franchise, Mm. which also includes Into the Spider-Verse and the video game rights, which is, you know, are both really good sets of additional stories. And I still need to play that game on your... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the video game version of Peter Parker is a Peter Parker that is in his mid-twenties. He is no longer, you know, he's already done his time at the Bugle. Mm. He's already done his time in, in in the labs. He's kind of at the tail end of everything. He broke up with Mary Jane Watson. So it's a very different story, and it's also the first time just to ruin it a little bit for you. Eddie. That's right. I'll never play through it. <laughs> well, if you the sequel would ruin it anyways. But mm. we're introduced to Miles Morales, mm. and that's another. Now he's introduced and into the Spider Verse, but there's mm. also an introduction in the video game. And so Amy Pascal is the person, the producer that sits behind all of this. She is the one that controls kind of where Spider Man appears, who appears from Spider Man, and where they're going to go. And she has worked intrinsically. Um, and you can hear a lot about this on the commentary for Spider-Man Homecoming um, and in the behind-the-scenes stuff there. But he, she has worked intrinsically with Kevin and with Marvel Studios to make sure it works. You know what I mean? And that's that's why it does work. So, you know, as much as I always like to say Kevin Feige, you know, Variety will say that. And that's what they're saying now is, you know, MCU, Kevin Feige, he's pulled off a modern feat because this is grossing, you know, three to four times what everybody else is making, which is, you know, that's a sign that it's working. But I just want to get up there to say Amy Pascal is really the reason that this actually worked. Because had she not given the green light for this to happen, it would have never done so. Well, you know, and it's another reason why I, I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Tom Holland. Because there was a moment, and you, you might know better about this kind of thing, but where Sony and, and Marvel were like... They had to renew their their contract of sharing Spider-Man, co-producing it and stuff. Right, right. And at one point, Disney just kind of walked away and they said, no, we're we're not going to do this. Um, And apparently Tom Holland calls Bob Iger up, who's the, you know, the the head of of Disney. And like, you know, he's pleading, please, please, please get back to the table. And, and... you know, and maybe that's my angst with Tom Mm. Holland because I hear all those stories about it and Mm. it's like, 
that is my angst with it. I want to see him with a camera now. I mm. want to see him produce because mm. interesting. Yeah. I, I it's not that it is that acting is limiting. You mm. know what I mean? Like mm. unfortunately he's a caricature now and that's why mm. I told you I started laughing about it because now he's just everybody's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that's also mm. dating Zendaya and is also the most popular person on the planet, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, but he's, you know, he's an artist. Yeah, that's yeah. why he, he calls Bob him. Iger and says, man, you got to do this. Mm. I can do this. I will be, you know, you know, we got Robert Downey Jr. did it for Iron Man. I'll do it for Spider-Man. Like that takes balls, you mm. know, and that's the kind of people I just admire. Like that's, that's how the industry gets better is mm. people like that. So that's what I'm saying, Tom, Tom, pick up, I'm sure you have, and you'll be like, dude, this is my movie. I'll be like, oh my bad. But no, seriously, pick up a camera and start thinking about what you want to make, man, because mm. you're clearly someone who understands the beauty of what we do. You know what I mean? And, I'd like to see that. You know what I mean? And, and understands why it's fun and why mm. so many people want to be a part of it, and why you represent, mm. you know, a really good something going on right mm. now. I think of that because mm. you got kids that love this stuff. And mm. it's like, especially in a world we live in now, kids need heroes, even mm. if they're fictional. Mm. So it's like... You know, it means all the he's, world when they can, he's gonna they can play, do that. Um, what's his name from Uncharted, isn't he? That's like I, that is going to be really weird to me yeah. because it's a much more adult role. Right, right. Yeah. Nathan Drake is who you're talking right. about. Yeah, 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 I love those. Yeah. I, you know, I've played all the games, love yeah, the games, yeah, yeah. but he's not. He's not even an Indiana Jones though. Mm. That's what I mean. Like he's mm. a he's a more adult version mm. of Indiana Jones mm. without there being a ton of sex in the games. It's right. just. You know, he's he, that was the evolution. He seems very the, rugged. And yeah, there was the evolution of the. And... Yeah, it's it's not like Punisher bad. It's more mm. like like Han Solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's it. Is can Tom yeah. Holland branch himself into like a Han Big Solo test. type role? Big test. I bet you could. I mean, Robert Pattinson was someone you wondered about with that. He did very it true. Very true. He grew up. Oh, I'm excited for the Batman. Yeah. Like, I, be really I, am I, am I, am I deluding myself? Not at all. No, I've been, I've been singing about this kid. You know, I, I, Twilight films, I like them, but I'll, I'll admit they weren't. You know, the depth is not there. Yeah. I like them because I'm a hopeless romantic, and mm. you know, the romantic films and mm. the design that way. The books mm. were romantic, mm. so that's one. And the acting in that is is not amazing. Mm. It's not horrible either, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. It's adequate. He, he just seems like one of those guys that puts. Yeah, you gotta watch. You gotta watch. Like, like when I saw him in the lighthouse. The lighthouse, yeah. That was a time. really good role, and against one of the toughest actors I would ever find acting as Willem Dafoe. Yes, which by the way, Willem is such a weird guy. Yeah, we like, need to talk about weird him in this, this film as well. As well. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Variety said his performance as the Green Goblin in this mm. was better. Than when he did it back in Spider-Man, and I have to agree. Yeah, I would. I would. Like completely he he agree. got more into his character where yeah. it was cartoony in the first one. Yeah, um, which is usually how he is. Willem Dafoe has this face that makes him incredibly cartoony when he wants to be. Mm. He play. I don't know. Maybe he watched the first one, took the criticisms mm. on board, mm. and he toned this one down. He was a, a much more real character. The only thing that sucked is I wanted to see the Hobgoblin. I wanted to see his son. Mm, yeah. Like, I wanted to see, um, uh, was it James Franco, yeah. which I know is controversial to some mm. people. Mm. You know, I know you're not allowed to say his name anymore, but I did want to see James Franco, and I was like... Uh, I, I just loved him in this, though. I mean, he when he did the whole when there was that little twist where like you think, Oh, he's going after, you know, but actually he's looking for help and he looks like a broken. Oh, man okay. And... But, but okay. So, cause then we have to go from there to the Oscar goes to, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. My favorite, not just because like she reminds me of my sister, but not, you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, but let's give it to Marissa. Oh, oh. Like, like that scene yeah. where she dies. Yeah. 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 I didn't even know. I was like, wait, she's acting really funny. And then, and then, like, that's how it worked. It was so well written that I was literally Tom Holland, like, oh my God, she's going to die. 
Like, no, you as can't die, mate. As soon as she said you those can't... words, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was uh, heartbroken is not the word. Oh, man, we were so... happy. We were happy. Yes. Yeah, so, like, and the whole, just right from the beginning, her breakup with happy and... How she's like, yeah, it was it was a fun fling. It was, I love that. It was too. so good because he was like, he he was okay. So girlies, because you're gonna do this someday. Because my man, my man, someday you'll have the swag. Someday you'll get that swag back. But when he gets the swag back, back, and then you leave him again, that's what he's like. Watch No Way Home. He's just like happy. I'm happy. That's yeah. his face. I'm happy. And it's like it's okay, and it's gonna be all right. He's like, I oh, know, man. Be fine. Be fine. I, just, I just don't need nothing I, right now. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, John you Favreau. and John Favreau do need to sit and have yeah. a coffee together. There are yeah. a million people I need to sit and have a coffee with. John Favreau is for you. Yeah. Like he would so just get yeah. you. <laughs> I just loved everything about that, and it was heart wrenching when she goes. Like I, I, I bawled. No, generally, and, and and I think it was a great twist on a character that was originally. Mm-hmm. This was a great stamp on a character that people really mocked when it first yeah. came out in Homecoming. Which yeah. again, this is why you have to watch all three of them yes. because Homecoming is such a different film, but it was so good in its own right. Yes. We did a podcast on it, so I will. I'll keep it in the, in the comments if I can. Um, but May was a joke because it was like you can't make a hot Aunt yeah, May, like, and what, I was like Marissa Tomei, that's yeah. awesome. She is totally the mom that you. That's kind of what got the pass for a lot of people. Is that okay? But it's Marissa Tomei, okay, right? Fine. And it totally is that. That would you know yeah. you would totally be like, who's Peter Parker's mom? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, I still remember this. It's still funny. Oh God, I love telling these types of stories because my mom. Is, has it, her dentist is someone I went to school with, mm. and I feel terrible because she's like, "Oh, you remember this guy?" And I won't say his name on the podcast. But remember this guy? He's my dentist. Blah blah blah. I'm like, oh yeah, you had a really hot mom, mom. <laughs> she's like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Oh, sorry. This is how I knew the guy. Like, he had a really hot mom." <laughs> tell him, tell him yeah. I say hi and say hi to his mom for me. <laughs> yeah. But they had they had a great relationship, you know, like Peter and and May and it was so it, it was see this is the thing with Peter Parker that's worked well in in usually you can't update these stories as quickly. Batman has tried, but there's been good Batmans and bad Batmans. You know, none of the other MCU has enough repetition for it to update the way it does. But Spider-Man has been updated. Yeah. So Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 2, Andrew Garfield, you know, you're talking about different generations. Yeah, My yeah. generation, yeah, our generation, yeah. maybe, you know, pre-millennial for, yeah, yeah. for the Tobey Maguire stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get into millennials mm-hmm. for, for Andrew, Garfield, Andrew Garfield, which I totally saw that. I haven't yeah. seen those, but he definitely fit you'd the bill for that. Like, ah, Social okay. Network was there. Yeah. I could feel his, uh, it's always funny to me that he's English. I'm like, yeah. he sounds it like such a good fun. New Yorker, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And then you have the modern one, which I do find to be very... That's why I'm always like, Catherine should watch that because it's young and it feels modern that way. That Like, this must be with the buzzes, you know, at the moment. And I think that that, for me, was the real cherry on top with this film, was my realization that this whole three films was an origin story for, for Spider-Man. It... It was. I, I think the other thing that it does, though, is capture a zetgeist because the other factors that are playing into all of this is is the world as it is right now. And I hate to... I don't like to, like, lump that over the show because we always love the fantasy more than reality. But the reality is the last three, four years in, a, in everywhere in the world have been incredibly difficult. Sure. And so telling young kids now that they don't have a story is mm. bullshit, mm. okay? Young kids now will have more of a story than we ever had mm. because they've already gone through this before they're 18. Mm. And I just felt Spider-Man was something that they could cling to and say, that's part of our story. Mm. 
You know what I mean? I know that's trite, and I'm not trying to say it's all the story. I'm just trying yeah. to say someone cared enough to talk about them and yeah. say, growing up right now is a right pain in the ass because there's just no certainty to anything anymore. Mm. And we didn't go through that. There mm. was, before in our time, you know, I... I I went to college at the time of 9-11. So before, you know, 20 years before that, there was certainly like crazy in the world. And now it's, you know, no one ever knows what's going to go on. And so I just thought by bringing it all together and saying like, we're at this nexus now of everything. This is where the MCU hits in the things that are actually happening to us that it doesn't even know it's doing. But just by good storytelling and good writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting because Peter Parker was always kind of our kids seemed to just attach to him, right? Yeah, like there was just yeah. something really magical about the problems of a young kid also trying to live this I, other life. I think life. it's the same reason the X-Men were so popular for so long. There's something to be said about, you know, the, the mutant thing is always such a, a, a semblance of teenagers. being Because mm. teenagers do have that awkwardness that it's like, you're an adult, but you're not old enough to do anything mm-hmm. yet. And everyone tells you that tells you this on a regular basis, yet you still have adult problems. Mm. You still have an adult life yeah. that, unfortunately, I think for, for most kids, maybe it's not unfortunate, it's just weird. It's it's incredibly microcosmic. Mm. It is weird how your life has one thing before you graduate high school and almost a completely different one after. Mm. I've always found that bizarre. You mm. know what I mean? That, that like, the worlds don't connect. Mm. But yeah. it is what it is, and I think Spider-Man is the, the even more general connection for that, where mm. I still think you have to have a bit of a niche mind for mm. some of the X-Men stuff. I think Spider-Man just yeah. hits everybody. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it really does. And uh, again, like I, I re-watched uh, Far From Home and before I watched this, and um, it, like I don't remember enjoying it quite as much as I did Homecoming. Okay. But it was a really, really good film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think, though, that it suffers a tiny little bit from the weakest villain of of the three. And Mysterio. That's, yeah. And, and that's not like... That may be, sound like I'm being unfair with... Um, I want to call him Quentin Beck, but that's the character's name. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake, uh, there you go. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's just it doesn't hit quite as hard as Tombs does in in Homecoming because no, it's there, Michael Keaton, you know. There, there's there's a fault of exposition in the second one, and now what I mean by that is you remember I only watched it because it was like oh I watched Ten Game, you're like well that's not the end of Phase Three right. or Phase Four, and I was like oh. Phase Three, Phase Three, Ooh. and it was like oh okay, well I need to make sure I've got all the yeah. movies in the phase because I said I would do that, you know, for the sake of understanding where we're up to with the story. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it, and there's they are basically everything they couldn't put in Endgame to tell you this is what's going to happen next. Mm. Like has to happen in Spider Man, mm. and they're doing it again in this one. It's just in this one they tied it in. I think so much better. Yeah. That one, yeah. it, it, you know, Mysterio has to be what he is because we mm. have to introduce the multiverse mm. and we have to start talking about this. Right. The problem is you're never quite sure why it had to happen. That right. Way. You know, there's there's not the impetus as to why Mysterio shows up in the first place. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, only because everything else is usually so well connected. It's A yeah. leads to B leads to C yeah. leads to D. And in this one, it just doesn't happen that way. That being said, like, I, I don't know. I, I absolutely adore the way they picked that up in the third one in the beginning yeah. and just, like, not even missing a beat with mm. it and saying, like, well, this is what would happen, you mm. know, if this was all said the way it was said. So, yeah, I mean. I, I have a question because when, when we, we talked about it briefly, but you were, you were mentioning about Doctor Strange. Yes. 
and uh, how you really liked him in this more more so perhaps than than in his standalone. Right? Yeah, like the, uh, the original Doctor Strange. Again, I told you I'd go back and watch it again because I just doesn't everything else that I have seen of it I like better mm. the stuff in Endgame the stuff mm. in Infinity War mm. liked Doctor Strange better in those mm. loved the What If. Yeah. Um, which I'm pretty sure is what's leading to the multiverse of madness. It looks like. It looks I mean, like that's yeah. the guy, the bad guy, yeah. right? It like kind of I does. thought that like yeah. that was when my heart like because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. waiting at the end credits yeah. and he shows up and I was like my heart went to my foot yeah, like yeah, yeah. is that true? Yeah, like yeah. that's such a good connection because yeah, yeah, that was yeah. one of the best parts of what if was this yeah. you know uber doctor strange yeah, the one who goes the other way strange supreme and it explained yeah. to me it explained more of what this magic is and what mm. we're talking about because that's the other problem i have it is we we keep saying like oh this world has magic and mm. science like magic is just science we haven't explained mm. like at least in my view yeah. so i'm like what is what are we talking about here are we talking about there's things that happen we don't know how they happen but right. the physics in this world can allow it to happen right. so okay mm. it was always a bit hokey it gets less hokey every time we move along yeah it's just when you put it up against things like string theory and multiverse i'm like okay like <laughs> like so if you're We're gonna really say that, you're gonna say then. everything's possible because yeah, of a multiverse and yeah. you have to understand it's not called, you should call it magic right. it's not magic <laughs> it's just some some weird bending of the laws of physics so i mean yeah, yeah. like doctor strange way cooler now than ever before. Mm. And, and and I think filling in this Tony Stark role is another mm. reason I like him. He's taking over as kind of like a, a leader in New York of someone that... Mm. And that's how it should be. They should be shifting... You know, this is how the secondary characters became more popular characters, how they did it in the comic books, and Kevin's doing the same thing. I just hope we, we wind back around to catch up with, like, the Eternals and, like, everything mm. gets mixed together. Because mm. if we could have, like, one big epic, like, this is for all the marbles with the Eternals... And with Spider-Man back, you know, mm. the, the Tom, you know Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Wong, you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. that would be cool to me, to get mm. it all back in some final battle. Dope that uh, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme. I knew you'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my boy. That's my boy, Wong. Um, yeah, it, and my only qualm with mm. Wong is they've set this up, though, for the Multiverse of Madness a bit like Age of Ultron. Okay. Because of Wong. Okay. Because the whole setup is that, like, Wong knows he's going to do this, and they have this kind of jokey relationship, so he's mm. like, oh, fuck, you know, we yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. you in a marble, but, yeah, yeah. oh, fuck you, you go do what you want then, mm. I'm not a part of this, right, 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 right. and he's going to ruin the, you ruin the <laughs> multiverse, okay. and it was a bit like what Tony Stark says, I'm just going to create this thing, and they're all right. like, oh, go fucking do whatever you want, Tony, like, holy shit, Tony, you've brought on the end of the world, how did you do that? <laughs> like, because you just told him you didn't give a shit what he did, like, and it's the problem is, like, stop, stop, stop pretending like it doesn't matter, it does matter, okay, like, Doctor Strange, if he ruins the multiverse, that does matter. Somebody should be a little bit angry with him. You know, just the tiniest smidgen. Stop bit. enabling him. Exactly. Like, they're always like, oh, Tony, you rogue, you. And I'm like, that's that white man He's shit. Because that's how white men think about these things. They're like, oh, I'll get away with it. It's fine. It's like, nah, man. The real world is stomp on your ass. Um, okay. Uh, that's my what if. What if, what if when, when Tony Stark creates Ultra and Tony Stark were black? That'd be a whole fucking different story. Uh, Villain-wise, did you have a favorite? Did anyone stand head and shoulders? Yeah, same as you said. I've always liked Dr. Octavius. Mm. I think that's one of the coolest characters. Loved him in the, the cartoon that I watched as a kid. Like, mm. And it's just a, he that particular actor plays that character really, yeah. really well. Alfred Molina is He just guy. has the heart. You'll have to, you, you would have to play the video game because the reason the video game works so well is mm. like Doc Ock and that is your friend for a long time mm. before he becomes Dr. Ock. Right. And so you watch this guy that's like your mentor and your mm. friend become mm. like 
a villain. Oh. And like that's was so great about Molina, like mm. he was able to do that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's he's this nice benevolent guy underneath, but mm. he's driven crazy yeah, yeah. by by his own by his own technology. I think a lot of people will single out Willem Dafoe because you know you've got that kind of duality thing, and he's so good at like just just changing his voice just enough you know he just when he's, ev- when ever he's since i saw him and... in boondock saints because everybody yes, said watch him in I platoon and i was like you know what I there's lots of good per- saints so much. there's lots of good performances in platoon but that's a war movie like i don't think you can judge whether people are amazing or not for movies like that you know it, it was more when i saw him and stuff like boondock Saints, when he has to play this really weird you're not even quite sure what kind of detective he is there's all these questions that are unanswered by mm. by his behavior Ooh, but then i'm gonna rewatch that but then you do things well watch that and then watch him in antichrist which is one of the most oh. bizarre and fucked up films you can ever see don't watch antichrist and please then don't. there was chaos oh man <laughs> like 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 that's the one i'll go up and watch again because i just like you can't get over that's a guy so that can stuff. be in so many yeah. different things yeah he's, so. he's 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 incredible and he's incredible in this but i'm with you like yeah alfred molina doc Ock. I mean, I really like the Sandman performance. The problem is the CGI. You can't really get the facial expressions. Yeah, and, and I think they did a they they did a fairly good service to all of them, in terms of just I don't know, just in, in like um, Electro. Yeah, that was not not great in uh, for for Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox is so great. Um, and then you had the lizard. The lizard was probably my least favorite. Who played the lizard? Who was that voice? So uh, Reese Ephens. Okay. Um, he sounded very familiar. So yeah. Know stuff? Yes. I mean, he's been in a million things. He was in Notting Hill. Okay. He was, he's the weird Welsh. Uh, la- you know. Hasler. Oh, okay. I definitely know who he is. Then. Yeah. yeah he okay. was in Harry Potter. He was Luna. Luna Lovegood's father. Dad, yeah, 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 yeah. He plays a lot of those roles. Like, yeah. He's funny. he's he's been around for ages. Be like I, I, Ron Howard's brother. So, like, all those secondary roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean the CGI. That that was the hard part with some of the acting on that mm. one. That that kind of par for the course for a movie like this. Mm. Um, I mean, I had mixed feelings about all that because you have so much bloat, but then you watch the production like the the credits and there were like 17 <laughs> VFX, vfx houses that got yeah. paid for this and like guys like that's what i mean when i say you can't hate marvel for stuff like that they are paying out this was a 200 million dollar film that means 200 million dollars got paid into the industry to people that are actually not desperate for work right now but need to make sure they the numbers stay to, up or yeah. they're not going to stay employed yeah. so and we see that i guess now it was like one of my friends saw my um you know he's one of my good friends from back in the day we used to work at a movie store together uh, and he was commenting on my new office, which you guys can go on Instagram if you want to see. I've got some pictures. I've just kind of set it up. But, you know, my piece de resistance is, is my Dune poster because I love that film. And I actually knew a guy. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, Ed. Because <laughs> Ed's awesome. Um, but I love the film. I love the director. And I know a guy who worked on the film, like a guy that we are cool with in the horror community, Richard. Yeah. He's the Greensman on it. So, like, he understands. And I'm like, that's why this is an awesome film. And my dude was like, oh, but it was so slow and boring. And I was like... Yeah, but man, it was so epic, and so many people got employed by it, and yeah. did all these things. So there's all these other things now that make a good film a good film to yeah. me. You know what I mean? It's like I understand what you're saying that watching it, it might have been a long film. Yeah. You know, and there's a part two and blah blah blah. But I'm like, that film looked gorgeous. It had lots of cool parts in it, and it fed the mouths of like hundreds of people. You know what I mean? And that's cool to me. Like the business end of it, that's cool. If we can get people eating well and doing all right because the movie industry is doing well, then I feel like. Okay, well, mm. let's keep up with this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So how I'm super curious. Uh, how was the the kind of Doctor Strange world bendy stuff on 
Oh, oh amazing, right? Yeah. Like, like that's it. Reminded me, you know, another good one to see in IMAX if it ever comes around is Inception. Yeah, yeah. Inception is it's it's all that stuff. It's amazing because you just it's all around you. That's what I liked about Dune on the IMAX is that when you had a battle, like you could literally you could have like if this is one of those things. So when we get rich and famous someday, you know, like tomorrow, guys, give us a call. So like <laughs> when we get rich and famous, though, I want to like have my own IMAX. So I can walk around in it because I could. You could like pace around and watch the different battles and like examine different I points. Want, I want my own volume. I want like a just a three sixty volume. An Omnimax. We have one of those in Cincinnati. <laughs> but I'm I'm talking about what they filmed uh, the Mandalorian on. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I am. Um, I uh, I, I oh, Book of Boba coming by the way. When is that coming? Is that 29th. Christmas Eve? 29th. Yeah. Okay, because twenty fourth is what's all the stuff coming to Disney? Encanto is coming out soon, so I get to watch the Colombian. Oh yeah. I'm very sorry to my my Colombian friends because I have lots of friends from Colombia. I didn't get to see that in the theaters. We chose West Side Story instead, um, and there's just not enough. Should I watch that? West Side Story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. You're Latino, right? Yes. Claro, but, Casey. But not like New York Latino. Well, this is, and this is the interesting part about where I am because I did not grow up in any specific Latino community because my, as most people know, my family kind of rejected where I came from and, and tries to make out that we're white. We're not. Um, anyways, like I don't have a problem with that, but they did bring it up that like it's about Puerto Ricans. Mm. And like, why do other Latinos want to know about Puerto Ricans? Like, mm. I think Puerto Ricans are awesome, but I also love Mexicans and Hondurans just as much. Yeah. So that's just me though, because as I said, my experience with Latino culture started with Mexicans and Hondurans mm. because those are the only Spanish speakers I could find, and you know they let me into their kind of culture and things like that before I learned more about mine. And so I get you on that. I still think the unifying unifying factor is the racism and the oppression. Mm. So I think you, you would understand that. I think mm. you would get, um, and it is very much the Latino experience, at least how it was in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, the, uh, the guy who plays Chino, mm. yeah, that that's grandpa for me, man. Mm. That's, that's my grandpa was the one who went to school and, you know, left all the rest of his friends and tried to be the good one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? While, while the rest of his friends were all into trouble because of who they were and because of the color of the skin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I would definitely go see it. Is it, the problem we had is is it is like is it better than the original and like right. politically yes it's better mm. than the original I mm. get it we're like we're not brown facing people we're doing the right things but I swear to you I still like the original better. Uh, no I I, I, hear I that. just it's because like, it's classic and that that's a little bit what puts me off going to watch this, um but I I, I think I will I mean. The performances you know, are amazing. Yeah. Like Anita and and Tony and, and all of them were really, really well done. I just... <sighs> when you come over for New Year's, we're going to watch them um, in the Heights. Nice. I'm excited for that. Because uh, I love Lin-Manuel. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going through a bit of a, like, feeling a little bit of disappointment in some of my director heroes. Ooh. And, you know, it's not his fault, but Ridley Scott really kind of has ah, yeah. you know kind of just annoyed me maybe you know? maybe this could help take that taste out a little bit because yeah. yeah i was i was we were on the podcast last week same shit me and you mm-hmm. i ridley scott i know what you mean because i was trying to talk to my wife about this because we are filmmakers now mm. and like because we've taken the plunge and it really is a plunge it's like diving into cold water it feels different once you're making films and like you know this is why some people find this this show to be a laugh because like we make man you make like 30 second videos i'm like well yeah, but I still have to think about the whole process, and it's like that's what changes somewhere. exactly. That's where it changes the way you look at film. And Ridley Scott's comment make it very hard for me to go back to his old stuff. Now I'm like, yeah. if you can't support what you created, then like, or what you helped further, it's because of that story of film stuff. Like 
he seems to be trying to put the brakes on film yeah. progression. It's like it's not your like choice. If you, if you, if we took you in a time machine back to a time when you were young and making films, you would spit on your own shoes. Yeah, like it's just I, I just didn't appreciate that. It's, it was mostly the comments about the last duel, but the House of Gucci as well. You know, it was like you. I don't think it's fair in this day and age to make a film about people and not have any consultation whatsoever with you know their views on this stuff if you're going to put up there and you could do it because they were public figures and it's like that's great it's still someone's family mm. you just posted about and there's 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 also like i don't know people have done it before you know fox catcher the duponts i don't think they were very happy about how they were portrayed in that no but, no that and that's a fair point you know, you know but at the same time there's i don't know there's there's feels like a little bit of a lack of integrity and maybe just, maybe I'm being it harsh. It just but. felt that way, right? And he'd been moving that way already for me with stuff like Robin Hood and these gods of Egypt stuff, which I was like, yeah. what connection oh. do you really have to any of this material? Yeah. Like maybe Robin Hood, if he had made a Robin Hood like a Robin Hood as opposed to whatever that piece of shit was. You know what I mean? I've tried watching that like five times. Oh, I watched I can't it. Do I, it. I, I you can't know, do it was it. lucky enough that it was uh that was a Mike Curley special, my father in law, love you man. Um, you know, he he warned me and he says Cause we watch shit films together. <laughs> Just for the sake of shitting on them the entire time. It's funny. Um, and he warned me about this one. He says, we're going to watch it. You're going to hate this film. And I'm like, really? I, like, I love Ro- yeah, I love exactly. the story. Like, I love Robin Hood's one of my favorite, favorite, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. favorite classic stories. I love the, the Kevin Costner one as much as English people hated it. You oh, know? I love that shit. You know, it was great, right? You know what I mean? So I was like, let's do it. And then I watched it. By the time we got to the Magna Carta, I was like, wow. Like, Liberties isn't even the word. You know what I mean? It just made no sense. It was just crazy. And so I was taking liberties. Exactly. And it was like, that's what I thought. I thought at any moment, Mary Poppins was going to swoop in and then we're going to have Jimmy, you know, like, Oh my God. Like, that's what I mean. And then you come out and talk about how superhero films, which are grossing three times what you're making and actually make sense are horrible. And I just sour grapes. It's like, then again, I had to read about again, you know, and, and this is, I know which this, I'm just trying to be a buddy here because mm. I, I can be a sourpuss when I want. But, you know, I had to read James Cameron's Drowning People to make Avatar 2. And I just don't want to read about it anymore. Sorry, I really had to get mad about that because I was so, it was like Avatar 2. People had to hold their breath for three and a half minutes. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, the one thing that I kind, because I, like, I know he's a bag of dicks that man yeah i mean no one ever says a nice word about him anyway but one thing that i did appreciate was that apparently he turned around someone and said i'm not sure avatar 2 and 3 are gonna make any money and i was like yeah no shit dude (laughs) like the world has moved on it was just like the the two actors had to hold their breath sigourney reaver had to hold her breath for three and a half minutes i'm like sigourney reaver needs to run in the other direction you know like these films are toxic they're either they're, they they could be the best things in the world, but the fact that they took fifteen years to make and six billion dollars is the reason why they should have never been made in the first place. I mean, hey, look, everyone loved Titanic. That boat sinking. You know what's gonna happen? James Cameron amazing. and Zack Schneider are gonna like team up and oh, make a film together. It'll be like nine hours long, and I'll be told over and over and over again how it was worth the money. Oh, good lord! Anyway, Spider-Man. haste not waste. <laughs> Um, that's our new motto and I can use James Cameron and Zack Schneider as the example because I haste not waste people sorry these are the production meetings you guys don't get to sit in on yeah <laughs> and if we ever met James Cameron we'd be like oh we love your shit Jim. we love your shit man just Jim d- give us a job give us some money <laughs> I want I want um, some money <laughs> um but uh okay 
Um, Back to reality. Did you did you like the kind of the literal because they actually use this line the Scooby Doo the shit out of this kind of thing with the Ned and MJ. Yes, yes, and, and that's yeah. what I meant with like modern modern film. It was mm. giving you a difference from the other two, and, mm. and even if that's not a real difference, what will it do for a generation is give them their space mm. and say you two are important. A- agency, right? Like agency. agency, and I'm big yeah. on that because yeah. I I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it, but I love kids, and I love my my biggest love is teenagers. Everybody knows that because I was a crazy teenager, but had a lot of fun. You know mm. what I mean? And so. I just feel it's a time in life where no one ever listens to you. Mm. And so I try to give as much agency to that as possible. Doesn't mean the teenagers are right about everything, so don't, oh, don't ever get that twisted, mate. <laughs> yeah. I still think some of you guys are weird and crazy. But yeah. in the same sense, like, you need that. Like, they need a place because it's the hardest thing that we have people living longer now mm. and everybody's in this world and it's like everybody needs to know that they belong here. And I just mm. thought that the, the scooby doing the shit out of it was mm. helping do that and say, like, you know, this is what they've done, you know, and this yeah. is, this is their group. It felt like they were genuinely contributing. And that, that's kind of what I liked about Zendaya a little bit more than in, in the previous ones where she was there and, and, definitely. you know, See, This one definitely had the through line better. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we talked, they talked about this actually at last night in Soho about the mm-hmm. through line in that mm-hmm. film. And the through line in this film is those three. Mm-hmm. And that was what works the best about it is it shows how they've come together and ultimately shows, I mean, they gave the Batman ending, which, I had mixed feelings about the Batman ending because it's okay. already been done. Okay. okay, Dark Knight, the Dark Knight is the one that says the hero can never be a hero mm-hmm. and a hero really has to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. That is that. That is the vision of the ending of that as he's riding away on his motorcycle and he says, we have to hunt him. We have to hunt him because that's what people want us to do. Mm-hmm. It was the time they told us, you don't actually like your heroes. Mm-hmm. You love to tear them down, which mm-hmm. is the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the sad reality of the human consciousness is mm-hmm. we build people up only so we can make them into nothingness. Mm-hmm. This was the example of that. The greatest heroes always go into nothingness. Mm-hmm. They dissolve into the background Mm and with this one i just like i don't first of all i I was happy with it because i don't think they'll keep it that way i'm like they really can't make this tom holland's last spider-man ever like like hell no not on this high point hell no exactly so they're gonna bring him back and they're gonna let him love fall in love with zendaya all over again it all happened there'll be redemption there's all the mcu happy dappy crap that i know is gonna happen so i could deal with the batman ending here being like okay you know what i mean like it'll do that but you know, query. Like, let's say the MCU falls apart tomorrow. There's no more money. Like, that's not the ending that I would have had for Tom yeah. Holland's Spider-Man. Fair. Like, it's not. Fair. It's not in his character. Yeah. You know, to me, there is no way they're not making another one. This this film is going to make all the money. Like all the money. And it has. It, it, opening weekend, it made like two hundred. It, it made broke even opening mm. opening weekend. And I mean, it showed when I was at the IMAX. It was full. Yeah, uh, the stag. This the. the Do you know what I mean? Every it's... every single session has been almost sold out so that's and that's again where we go back to the Ridley Scotts and, and not the James Cameron we're only, we're only making fun of you James Cameron because we don't understand your genius okay but the Ridley Scotts who like think this isn't genius it's like the numbers are there it's genius mm. like they got people in during COVID and in the UK right now it's bad COVID some people are like my buddy Mark was like I'm pretty sure I got this from some moron that had this but didn't want to miss out on the premiere of Spider-Man mm. you know and I was like I could believe that. Mm. That's definitely how it looks in the movie theaters. People just, they're like, I'm going. Like, I don't yeah, give a yeah, shit. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and that's not every movie. We were in, we've were we been in other movies yeah, yeah. throughout the COVID season, yeah. you know, as it's been, the, you know, over the past year and a half where, you know, was it Suicide Squad? There were like yeah. four of us in there. Yeah. <laughs> Dune, yeah. there were like five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Last night in Soho, there were tons of people though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Edgar Wright has got a little bit 
of a kind think, of fan following. Yeah, you got to give them the British cred. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to make sure that you support local. And, exactly. And that was working title. So that's again, you know, Naira Park, and, and and please just give us a job someday. We'll still make good films for you. But but Richard Curtis as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it's 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 good and it's right. You know what I mean? Those, that's if you're ever going to supply money to a UK house, yeah, that's yeah, the people you should yeah, be doing it to. Yeah. No, but this this is this is going to be such a massive. Like you say, it's already a massive hit, and I think that that the relationship between MJ and and Tom is maybe as close as you're going to get to Edward and what's her face. You know, I think like so. Cu- yeah, currently for, for that generation. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and that's the only trick with. And this is why the producer, because this is this is producer being the adult in the situation with the two kids, like. The problem is the chemistry is there. Right. And man, that was the other thing that worked really well on screen. And you would have seen that because you're a better actors director than I am. But I saw it. Like, mm. they clearly like each other. Mm. And that's, like, I love that when you get that. Some of my favorite artsy films are because you know the actor and the actress are actually in love with each other. Like, at least on screen. And here it was there. Like, the way she looks with care with him, I was like, wow, okay. That's either amazing acting or you really do care about this guy. Mm. What happens if they break up? I mean, that's probably going to happen. No, no, we're not wishing ill on the show. No, of no. Course love not, is man. a many splendored thing. Not. They're going to get married and have 20 but kids. They're, they're young. They're both incredibly attractive. But that's just the producer part of me because it's about the yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about 100%. the like, please, Protecting please the don't investment. fuck my 20 yeah. million over. Please! Yeah. Like, it costs us so much to hire you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, but again, and I think that's that's probably one of my favorite things about it is that it, it it's. These three films embody like a a time in Peter's life, you know? They do. And, and, and the production and everything behind them also feels so organic, though. I think mm. that's why Spider-Man, over all the others, feels the most organic. Especially, like, if you watch the credits, it shows. This This was, a, uh, I don't know who Avi is. Avi... Avi Arad. Yes, and he I was, was going to ask you... He was the head of Marvel... Um, when the, the original... So this was his vision, because in mm. the middle of the credits, he gets a big plug, and they say that we would not have been able to make any of this had Avi not proposed the idea. Everyone talks about Kevin Feige as, as the guy, but before Kevin, there was Avi Arad, and he did things like X-Men and... Right? Uh, Spider Man, but then the the director on this is this is it been this horror. has this been the same director on John all Watts, three? Yeah. yeah, John Watts. This is one of my favorite director yeah. stories because it's something I want us to do someday. Mm. He makes like a fan fit fan film of Spider Man, and they give it to him based on that. They're like, it was so good, and that's what I mean. Like, there's nothing more homegrown grassroots, and you're talking about Spider Man, which is the grassroots homegrown superhero. So it just it exudes, I think, what's going on in the world today without. Hitting it on the nose, which we've seen with other things, yeah. and that's fine. This does not hit it on the nose, but it, t- it talks about the journey we've been on, I think, since homecoming to now, mm. as a world. Mm. Uh, a couple of things. How did you feel about them like dropping Venom into the MCU? I was going to ask you the same thing. Now, I quite enjoyed the Venom films, even though they're shit. Like, and they're not shit like in... I still haven't seen the second one. The second one is just like the first one. Yeah. So the first one suffers from the fact that it feels more like the old superhero films where yeah. the stories aren't as tight. 
the acting is, you know, he's never going to be a bad actor, but no, he's, no. it's a really weird role for him. Mm. He's trying to play like a loser, mm. and it's it just doesn't always yeah. work. Tom Hardy is sure, not Tom. a loser, you know. You're what I mean? a loser, you know. Like <laughs> I, as I said, I saw Hummingbird was when Jason Statham tries to play a loser, and you're like, you're not a loser, <laughs> mate, you know. He was like a homeless guy in that yeah, one, yeah. and he's like, he stands up, and you're like, dude, who would who would ever like let you be homeless? You just look like. You just kick, you know, kick the crap out of like somebody. A Greek god. Give me some money. You're like, ah, yes, take it all, go away. Um, so, yeah. so what were my feelings about that? I, you have to introduce Venom, though, because yeah, Venom is 100%. one of the coolest, 100%. coolest characters in 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 Marvel. Yeah. Period. And so maybe this is the way to do it. You know, yeah. like I'm sorry, like Sony owns the rights to that. Yeah. They're allowed to do that. Yeah. You got to let them do it because it would probably be a pretty good matchup. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, connected to that, is Danny Rojas going to be the new Venom? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my was, God. Because, I, because the guy who embodies everything I love about life, and this is why Ed knows, because there's a little person inside of me that is constantly running around a football field like Danny Rojas going, football, football is, is life. life. Because that's the happiest, that's the happy Jason. And so this guy showing up, I'm not kidding. Like, I nearly was like, yeah. Me too. I wanted to start running around me like football is life. I, wanted to, has... I wanted to shout it in the middle. Oh of the, my of the god! Theater. So so yeah, if he ends up playing Venom, that will be weird because I'll have to at least say it ten I, times I, before I take it seriously. Yeah. You know, before I'm like, okay. I think I think it, it like it's just a massive coincidence, but still, I hope so. it made me smile. I mean, Mexican Venom's cool. That that would be cool. Hell yeah! You know what I mean? Hell yeah! Um, and then. Uh, trailer for uh, Multiverse of Madness. And I, I mean, I just wrote that because you're Salvadoran. I was like, whatever you had, like, you don't even have to be a Mexican, but you, a Mexican Venom that goes, like, into places like Honduras and, mm. and into to San Salvador. Mm. And, like, you know, one in ten is a murder. Like, they could use a really good Venom down there right Hell now. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. That would be a dope Dealing story. with La Mara. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's, <laughs> let's have Venom versus Sendero Luminoso, you know? Like, Yes! MS-13. What's up, is it? Um, oh my god, we're gonna write it. <laughs> uh, Just need a million dollars. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was a little bit shocked by by that like semi trailer at the end of of Spider Man. Which one? The the full semi trailer at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the thing to notice it's not a blip like it usually is, and I don't know whether that was Sony or Marvel's decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. It didn't feel like a misstep, but it was weird. It was weird, right? Okay, I'm not... Because, no, 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 you're perfectly fine, because it should have been like a 10-second gag, which yeah. is what it always is. Yeah. And instead, this time, it was like, oh, by the way, Multiverse of Madness. I know, right? And it, it was, was like... like... Oh, okay, pluggers. Yeah. I- I'll watch the fucking trailer. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is funny how, in your own nerdery, you get so like, this isn't how you tell no, me about exactly. things. We have the formula, you will release a 10-second clip, and then you will release the longer one. You Show me one with the formula. Wanda in the garden, that's it. Yeah, no exactly. more, no less. Exactly. I'd have been happy with that. I'd have been happy with... And they with... gave you more, and that's what I mean, and you're yeah. like, you know... I guess they're really trying it's like to sell the girl sell the shit gives you the one, and then films. she's like, you want more? And you're like, oh, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just hoping for the one, you know? I, I think that, I think, obviously... They know that everyone's coming to see this. And I think that by 
you know, dropping That's that it. little thing. This is what I'm telling you, though, Ed. My, like, it, it doesn't take much for the producer, holy shit, this is about to jump the shark to start. Mm. It's my Spidey sense. Mm. And I'm pretty good with it, to be honest with you. Mm. I did cut that Buffy when it was like, this is when this mm. show's going to go to shit. Mm. So I'm pretty good at it, and I'm worried. My Spidey Fingers senses crossed, are tingling, being like, wait, wait, wait. God, I love Wanda Maximoff so But they much made so well. much money off this one. I think it will go back or, you know, back, or, back into safer territory. Mm. Because the whole reason that happens is because Hollywood is starting to slightly panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because money is not going to come in like it was before because COVID isn't gone yet. Yeah. So, you know, all I would say is don't panic. It's also, I think, everything needs to evolve a bit further. Ed and I have been talking about, you know, how we do that with our own stuff. But I think that's going to happen naturally that... This way film, with streaming taking over the way it is, film is not going to stay the same, guys. It can't. And that doesn't mean it will get worse. It just means it's going to change the way we look at it There was a time when there was no such thing as, like, post-credit sequences. Like, the closest thing would have been, like, the Jackie Chan, you know, like... Uh, flubs when he was doing yeah his... from Rumble in the Bronx and yeah, stuff yeah, like that stuff yeah, like yeah that. absolutely yeah, yeah. and so that's what I mean like you know I want to be on the forefront of some of the stuff we're trying to pioneer we were talking about the indie side of that and trying to do some really low budget stuff that people can get involved in almost like community theater kind of deal but it will evolve and something will take over and do these things so it's just a matter of kind of waiting my, my only fear is like too much pressure on the big budget stuff, which is natural progression of where we're going right now, mm. may lead to, you know, that's when it all falls apart. Mm. If we rely completely on big budget stuff, which yeah. is everyone's fear, and then the budget stuff doesn't end up being good, mm. then we have a problem. But my, you know, I've always been a firm believer. Watch the story of film and the new one that came out, and like, film corrects itself. This is somehow, you know, the reason I'm obsessed with film is this is all us playing with our collective consciousnesses mm. on a very big stage together. Mm. It will sort itself out. It's mm. just I do have trepidation about the MCU going way too big mm. and then all of a sudden not being entertaining anymore. Probably just fears. As I said, you know, it never hasn't happened yet. You know, and they've had no. an awful lot of films. So they've pivoted quite well. And the other thing mm. I have to respect is the MCU can't last forever. You know what I mean? Like, there will come a point where it has to not be popular anymore and it has to be something else. So, you know, whether that happens in now or 10 years from now, we'll see. You know, but there is a point where it will peak and, and no longer be the most popular thing since last But for right now, 200 million in the weekend. Fuck yeah, let's enjoy the shit. Exactly. Just have Even fun. Hawkeye, man. I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, like Loki was so good. Yeah, Merry Christmas, right? You know, 100%. This is the thing. It's If it makes people happy and it's making us joy and enjoy the Christmas season and Spider-Man has definitely done that for the movies, like, then go for it, guys. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing. I'm very critical about films I watch, but I don't want people to think that I'm a film critic. And that's not to say that I don't like film critics. It's just, I'm the kind of person that analyzes things like that because I want to make an amazing film. Mm. And so I'm constantly just running over things in my mind because... Well, that's what Ed and I do. We just kind of go over ideas and see if we can make them better and better and better. However, I have yet to see this year something that really didn't gel with me. That Mm. I was like, don't go see that. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the top of the list being like, go see this. This Mm. is spectacle theater. Like, this is is the best of everything. Even if you've never seen the Spider-Man before, go watch this. And then you'll go back and watch all the other Spider-Mans because it was that good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Amen. that's that's all for me. You know, as I said, we, we had a good ramble about Spider-Man. And it, there's nothing too technical we could get into this other than say production was spot on for this. Yeah. This is why they're pulling ahead. You know, the next one to watch in the movies, which we will probably do a podcast on because it is, you know, for my favorite franchise, will be The Matrix uh, Resurrection. Um, oh, and we'll yeah. see how that does. It's the only thing that I worry about. You know, not the only thing, but another thing I worry about is the timings for things because, you know, mm. 
it's funny people are like you go every week to the theaters i'm like yeah and you'd realize how crowded it is if you did right now mm. like there's just new stuff coming out mm. way too fast yeah. and you don't have time to see the old stuff because yeah. it's like oh man there's been like 10 stuff new films is in and out so, so matrix is out this week i believe like end of this week and then yeah we'll see where it goes from there Oh gosh! Were there any good? Tra- Did you catch any good trailers at the Spider-Man? Like, we'll end on that. What good trailers? I think I saw uh, oh, a couple. Kingsman. Um, <gasps> the looks really good, argument. right? Yeah, I've yeah. never seen the other ones. Are they any good? Oh, he's like uh, he's making the face. Like, I, not, good is the wrong word, Jason. I, I really like um, Matthew Vaughn, who who directed them. He's Guy Ritchie's. He was Guy Ritchie's producer. Okay. When he did like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Barrels okay. and stuff like that. And he, for me, he reinvigorated the X-Men, like, so beautifully when he did First Class. Yeah. Took it back to the 60s and, and did that whole thing. Sure. Um, so, so I really appreciate, like, what he does. It's a very English movie, is what I would say. Both the Kingsmen. Yeah. The Kingsmen in the yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's just some odd choices. Um, but you know they're fun. I would say Def- definitely check check one out. Samuel L. Jackson playing a lisp with a lisp throughout a whole movie is quite amusing as well. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, but th- this one look, look yeah new trailer decent. for that I've seen yeah. a couple of times. That looks pretty good. Yeah, okay. you do you see anything? Ah, uh, there's a new end of the world one with Halle Berry that looks like it was hilarious because I'm like I can't tell whether this is going to be epically awesome or epically horrible because it, it reminded me a little bit of that geocenter or whatever it was oh, with, uh, no. with gerard butler yeah, anytime yeah, yeah. you're in space that's the problem it's always like the, they look always look a bit hurried this one's called moonrise it's all about the moon crashing into the world so okay. exactly it was like ooh, this could be really but bad. you know i i like i remember when i first heard about moon and i was like that sounds dumb as shit with, 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 was that Sam Rockwell? Yeah, with Sam Rockwell. I've never actually seen it, but I heard it's brilliant. I heard it's like one of the greatest sci-fi Dude. indie films ever made. Like, you have to watch it. Yeah, Seriously. I think you, I think when we were talking, when we did, um, is it Another Earth or After Earth? <laughs> it's Another Earth, because that's the whole point of the story. Another Earth. Yeah. We never did Fermat. Rich Bean, I need to talk to you. Fermat. Um, yeah, like you told me to watch it then, but I haven't. And this is not one of those. This is one of those big budget, and that's my problem. It's like big budget disaster world is coming to an end right. because of space films. Yeah. We had two at the same time, one which people remotely called decent, the second which it was all right, was but it, um... Deep Impact and Armageddon, right? Armageddon. And Armageddon song. was the one that people actually liked, mainly because of the song and Ben Affleck. Don't want to close my eyes. I love Aerosmith, so that's, that's a great Yeah, song. and oh, Liv Taylor as well. Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler, sorry. Liv Tyler. Uh, is, that, is that why you like this song? Because Liv Tyler's in the song. No, I, I that just caught me at the right age. That film, you know, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler caught me at the right <laughs> age. Yeah, okay. do you know what I'm saying. Um, phenomenal actress, actor. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Trying, to, trying to do it properly these days. Um, so yeah, like I'm not disaster film. Mm, mm, I know I'm with you. They had not my the, cup um, of tea. They had the trailer for Morbius. That looked like it could. I've been keep calling him Mobius because I, I can't even remember the old comic book I used to read, but it looked decent. Mm, looks yeah. like it could pull off really well. It's very Batman-y, so mm. it's like, ooh, let's not let's not make another. This is the problem I have when people want to make a dark story. They naturally yeah. go to like, let's make Batman. Let's make Batman. And it's like, no, everybody knows the Batman story, and you cannot remake Batman um, again unless you make a Batman did again. Did you see uh, Taika Waititi's uh, tweet? No, that was so funny. Oh no! So they. They have this little teaser for Batman, and um, it's like Batman, and he slowly kind of zoom zooms out, and the outline of his head is like a question mark, and it's like, 
always question everything. And Taika wrote, why? <laughs> it's, I was just like, he's so famous now. I need him to work with me on this thing that I'm this feature I'm writing. And I'm like, how am I going to get his attention? Like, he's native. I'm native. How can native people get each other's attention? <sighs> Anyways, no, he's so ridiculously cool. Like, do you have his? Do you follow him on, on like Twitter or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I need to start doing that. Mm. Say so once I started doing the Edgar Wright, I, I feel like I'm his best friend, even though I don't know anything about him. So, but I did give you a shout out, Edgar, because it was really cool to see you at the Q and A. Um, yeah, man. So, I guess in summation. Mm-hmm. We like the film. We're a little bit worried about the direction it takes them because it's so bloated. But I think as long as the next one has a bit of restraint, you know, and we start heading back down a little bit, which I think they're going to have to, you know, you're not going to have... They're going to pare it down, I think. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness can't have that much in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it still has to be a Doctor Strange story with, mm-hmm. with you know, uh, Scarlet Witch in it. and um, With Vanda Maximoff. Yeah, I don't know. This, this could all get really bad. This could get really bad really fast. So we'll see, folks. We'll see if Multiverse of Madness is, is a Multiverse of Madness or uh, just another Rick and Morty. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for still listening. Let us know what you thought of Spider-Man and any comments you have about it. Like, this is a big kind of blockbuster milestone film. It may be kind of slipping on the radar for you, but if you have any thoughts on that, please put that in the comments. You know, what do you think this means for cinema and the way things are going? The fact that this is grossing four times more than anything else out there right now with a bunch of other good films out there as well mm. and, and not getting anything. So let us know in the comments. And as always, if you like this, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Uh, it'd be a great Christmas present for us. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>